Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. All right, I talk a whole bunch about goals, obviously. And the reason I do that is because, I mean, mindset and goals, like how do we separate the two? I think that as handlers, we all have goals that we are going after and we want to Often we have, we understand that we need to get out of our own way. Maybe we know that, you know, maybe our mindset is holding us back. Um, maybe we know that we have the skills when we just need the mindset to match. And so mindset and goals, mindset and goals, like I don't even know how to separate them anymore. I just think that they are so intrinsically entwined that, um, they're one and the same. And so I'm always talking about goals and I talk a lot about outcome and process goals and, the difference between them and the reasons to set them. But I don't know that I've really talked about why how we set goals determines our confidence. And so often, you know, we cue or note or don't cue before we even enter the ring, right? We Because of our mindset, because of our confidence, maybe our lack of confidence. And so often I think that people feel like, um, that confidence is separate somehow. Like, oh, she's just confidence in like a really kind of a fixed mindset way in like, like, oh, she was just born with confidence, you know? And confidence is a skill, I believe. Confidence is developed. It's a skill. It's just like anything else. So if you are needing confidence and who doesn't need a little more confident, uh, confidence rather, um, stick around. And, you know, confidence also, I just want to say confidence and arrogance are not the same thing, right? And so I also want just a little, you know, a PSA um, for us as handlers and exhibitors not to ever be hating on people who are confident. Um, don't be jealous. Don't be hating on them. You know, they're allowed to be confident. And, um, you know, we might handle something different than somebody else. But the truth is, is how they get themselves from the bed in the morning to the ring in the afternoon is their business. Okay. So, um, ask yourself, if you see someone really confident and your gut wants to go, Oh, she's, she thinks she's so cool. Ask yourself, do you wish you had a little more of that? Because so often the thing that we don't like in someone else is the thing that we don't like in ourselves. And so if someone, if, so, if you're having a, like a, a bag of feelings, right, about someone who seems really confident or, oh, she's just so confident, maybe ask yourself, oh, is that something I want? <laughs> Do I kind of secretly, not so secretly wish I was that confident in, you know, these classes or at this event or something like that, right? And it's not a bad thing, right? We're in comparison mode by default so often, we just need to kind of remind ourselves. So with all that kind of lead up, I do want to talk about uh, outcome and process goals and why they matter to your confidence. So for a refresher, outcome goals are results, cues, titles, um, running clean, um, you know, whatever, like those, the big goals, the titles, whatever, they're those like kind of results things. 
unfortunately, there are the things that we most see on Facebook on Monday mornings, right? How'd you do? How were the results? What'd you get? You know, show me your ribbons, like da 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 da. Those are all outcomes. And I'm happy. I want to celebrate. I would love nothing more than it to be like braggadocious Monday everywhere all the time. Um, but those sometimes are trip trigger our comparison mode. And we're like, oh, why don't I have that? I want that. I had a terrible weekend, you know, or whatever. Okay. So, but those are outcome goals. Process goals are the things we have to do kind of in order to get to the outcome is how I like to think about it because they're the things we have to execute on. Now, the good news is, is the the reason you know they're a process goal because you're a hundred percent in control of it. All right. You get to decide that. So process goals include like cueing my dog earlier, um, having a goal of just running happy, running fast, um, having a goal of, you know, running connected or, you know, really working on perfecting, not, you know, I hate perfecting, but really working on making better your morning rituals or your post run rituals or something like that. Like those are all process goals. And the reason those things are important is because without them, for instance, if we don't run connected, if we don't cue the, the next exercise in time, we're probably not going to qualify, right? We're not going to cue. We're not going to get the title. We're not going to finish, whatever, whatever. So we need to do those process goals in order to put ourselves in a position to get the outcomes we want, which is often a cue. All right. So it's just kind of like how I phrase it. And so I want to talk a little bit more about those things, but in the context of building confidence. Because what happens is if we only set outcome goals, that means often that our success or sometimes our self-value is determined by the ribbon, the outcome, the process, the result, right? And so when that happens, we are almost incapable of celebrating anything else that happened in the ring. Um, So if you're doing obedience, that could mean like, you know, you didn't cue because, I don't know, your dog didn't come on the recall. They just sort of sat there like, are you proofing me? Do you really mean this? And they just sort of sat like a stone at the recall. Um, but yet you, if you are only focused on the outcome, you walk out of the ring and you're like, oh, we didn't cue. He didn't come on the recall. Instead of thinking like, that was the best figure eight we've ever done. Or that healing off leash was phenomenal, right? And so I propose, and actually I know, that we can enjoy a run by enjoying the process goals that we set. Now, maybe your process goal was to really cue the recall and you messed it up. Okay, we make mistakes, right? But you still have other things that you can celebrate in a run. Uh, Agility obviously the same way. You know, I had a weekend full of that this past um, couple weekends ago where um, my process goal that I had set for Moxie, Miss, I don't do weaves in public, Moxie, um, was just for her to run fun and have, and, and work on her confidence. That was, that was what I was going to do. And I made a choice to use one of the games classes as an FEO. That's for exhibition only. And um, when I threw the toy after she did the weaves in one of those FEO classes, she was like, oh my God, this could happen. This is spectacular. And she ran her little buns off and grabbed a couple extra jumps on the way out. And I was never so happy with an NQ in my whole life. 
right? Because I was working on something. I chose to put the emphasis on fun and confidence and not on the outcome. All right. So, um, and I, you know, there's other stories of that. Uh, another client was working on having her dog just run fast and have fun and, um, would have cued except for something that she d- hasn't really trained that much yet. So, um, we were having that conversation because she was still really bummed. And I was like, I'm sorry, you said before you were in, that you wanted to have fun and run fast. And she did all that. She's like, yes. And I'm like, did she keep the bars up? Yes. So you're mad because she did the one thing wrong that you haven't really trained that right that much for? Yes. And I'm like, no. <laughs> so um, we had a giggle about that, and uh, and she can probably recognize herself right now. And I appreciate the listen. Um, but um, that's the truth. And what happens is, is when we do that continuously, we erode our confidence because all we remember is that we didn't cue. We weren't successful. We screwed something up. We made a mistake. Um, you know, our dog didn't come on the recall. We didn't get, you know, the last jump or whatever. And that's all we remember. Well, if you, if that is what you are feeding your brain, then that is what you will believe about yourself. Okay. I promise you what you think about is becomes those beliefs, right? And what you, the thoughts you have over and over again. So replaying bad runs, replaying mistakes, replaying NQs are going to become your beliefs. And then those beliefs turn into results and turn into your actions and turn into what actually happens in the ring. Whether you believe in manifesting or not, what we think about is what we draw to ourselves, right? Because we're thinking about it, right? We are thought-driven beings. And so it is imperative that we figure out how to not destroy our confidence while we are pursuing big goals. So when we set our goals differently, when we set process goals like running fast or running fun or having building confidence, then we have all kinds of things that we can celebrate. So I ran this past weekend. I was in six classes. I NQ'd in four, qualified in two. With This is all with Moxie. Um, she got her weave three times out of the six on the first try. And I consider the whole weekend a raging success. So how can I have that kind of cue rate and still be like partying, right? And that's because I had goals with her of I wanted her to have fun and I want to build her confidence. I cannot build her confidence in six runs over two days. That's going to take a lot of time, but I can take steps toward that and then work on kind of reinventing for her these weave poles that she can do brilliantly at home, but not so much in um, in public, I'll say, right? And the other thing about that is now that she has done them well, we had a really great weekend, right? Um, now that she's done them well, I also cannot think that she's cured and go back to having my old goals of like, oh, I hope she gets the damn weave balls. No, I'm, I'm luckily, just as fortune would have it, I'm going back to the same location and doing, um, and, and I'm going to have the same routine. You know, we, we had two cues. She even finished a title, but I don't even care about that. I am so freaking happy that she did her weaves happy and she came out of the ring every time with a big grin on her face and she was dragging me back into the building every time. That's what I want. Because if I'm playing the long game, I'm not only trying to build her confidence, 
but I'm trying to build my confidence because I don't want to walk to the line with slumped shoulders every time and be like, oh, we're probably not going to get the weaves. You know, what fun is that? Like save my, you know, save my money, you know, go or just go throw it out the window. It's more efficient. Um, And so I don't want to play that kind of a game. She doesn't want to play that kind of a game. So if I am going to boost her confidence and mine, then I need to take a different tact. And that starts with setting different process goals. Because for the longest time, I mean, honestly, like most of the spring, my process goal was always to get the weaves. That was my process goal. And I didn't care if she had like 18 bars. I didn't care what else happened on the course. I just wanted the weaves. Well, it turns out that in that case for this dog, this part of her life, that's an outcome goal. And so I had to really shift it and I had to think like, okay, how is she going to get the weaves? How are we going to fix this? How are we going to get to the point where she can do them as confidently in public as she can at home or, you know, in class? All right. And so I had to shift and I had to go backwards. And so now I, I really was like, you know what? Getting the weaves is an outcome goal for her. So what's the process goal to, to put her in a position to be successful and to get the weaves? Oh, well, she's got to be confident about it. In the first class, for instance, when she missed her weaves the first time, she did exactly what she always does, which was very triggering to me as a handler because I was like, oh my God, this is happening again. Oh my God. Oh no. You know, you want to panic. Um, she did the same thing, which was she goes in the first um, between one and two, the first two weave poles, and then she stops and looks at me like, I don't know. And I swung her around and I just said, you can do this. You got this. And she was like, huh. And she did it perfectly. And we, I clapped. I made a big deal. I waved at the judge and I left the ring and I jackpotted her. Okay. So I automatically reinvented it because we hadn't queued anyway. Right. So what am I, what am I continuing for? And by the way, even if I had, I probably still would have left the ring because I want her to be joyful about it. Now, for those of you who don't play agility, I'm sorry <laughs> that I'm going on about this, but I know that you can imagine in your sport something like that that you are struggling with that might need to be reinvented. And so if we can focus on those process goals, a couple things can happen. One of the things I was really proud of, of in that first run is that I left the ring. Now that sounds insane, potentially, but like I stuck to my plan. I stuck to my plan of when she does the weaves, I'm going to celebrate, leave the ring, big jackpot. And I also got like a different jackpot that is just for weave poles. I mean, like this is a whole charade, right? And so, and I stuck to my plan. And so I actually could celebrate my growing confidence in myself of like, yeah, I stuck to my plan and my plan is good. And we're going to keep rolling with it this weekend. We're going to not make little changes. If something doesn't work, we're going to stick to one plan all weekend and then evaluate. Okay. So then the next class we went in, she didn't, there, it was a games class, so we didn't have weave poles and she just got to have a fun run. And she would have qualified actually, in case you're keeping score, except that I was so excited. She got this distance challenge. It's called the send. doesn't matter. And, um, I was so excited that she got it, that I pulled her off the jump. She needed to have enough points to qualify. And you know what? I was excited. I was so excited and I giggled that I was so excited about her getting the send that I was too excited to send her to the right jump. (laughs) Okay. To me, winning, winning. All right. Now for some of you listening, you may be, you're maybe in a different place, struggling with a different thing. And so your, what winning looks like to you might be different. However, I am not describing cues to you. 
Okay. Now, if you're counting, we're two runs in, two NQs in. Okay. So that's the thing you have to be willing to invest in. You have to really be willing to invest in your process goals and then use your process goals to celebrate the progress that you are making. All right. I made progress in that first run by taking her out and jackpotting her and sort of like surprising her and making such a big deal about it. I made progress in the second run where she did this, you know, great thing. She didn't have the pressure of having to do the weaves. And we left and partied and giggled because it was silly. And she didn't really know why I thought it was so funny, but she didn't care. She was, you know, hamming it up. And so, and then in the third run, what happened? My investments paid off. And we got the whole thing in one try, ta-da, ta-da, and had a big party. And yet what I was celebrating was not the picture that I posted on Facebook because the picture I posted on Facebook, if those of you follow me there, um, I said, if you know, you know. Because between me and my tight circle of people who are involved in this journey with us, they know that what we were working on, what that meant was that we had potentially crossed a milestone. Okay. And so that's the other thing about building your confidence, you know, bring others into your process goals with you so that you have people that are celebrating these little things with you and not just looking at you, um, for the cues and the results, not just evaluating your, you know, if you really bring your friends in, you know, I had friends then that would text, texted me separately or like, Oh my God, tell me everything. Did she do it? She did it. What, what did you do differently? What did, what worked? They were invested in the process. All right. And that's what we need more of as a community, as handlers, as, you know, moms and dads of our dogs. Like this is the part that we really need to invest in and find joy in. I had one client say to me, it was like, she was like, yeah, I understood what you meant about process versus outcome goals, but I never really lived it until blah, blah, blah. And she, you know, said the story and she's like, I get it. She's like, I get it on a whole different level now. So when you really start to get it in terms of the process goals and what you can do, how that starts to net out in your life is as you're looking at your weekend ahead. So maybe you're driving somewhere right now, as you're looking at the weekend ahead, think about what are your goals? What are your process goals? And if all that comes to mind for you is I need two double cues or I need a cue, uh, you know, or I need a triple cue in rally or I need a, you know, a, my last leg in obedience or whatever it is, then you are all in outcome world. And as I, one of the things I like to say is you're already in the car driving home on Sunday, right? You're already judging your success by what is on the passenger dashboard. Maybe if that's where you toss your ribbons, you know, like you're already, you're already on the way home because you're only looking at outcome. And then you can only be successful if those outcomes are met. And I'm telling you that you will build your confidence and your dog's confidence more if you can set for yourself even a couple process goals, maybe even one. You don't have to have seven goals. You can have, you know, the process goals of having fun or running fast or just being happy or building your dog's confidence or building your own confidence. You know, make choices, have a goal this weekend to make choices that build your own confidence. Because when we keep go forward from a position of strength and confidence, we make better choices. We might make the, even the, the thing might do the thing that we wouldn't have normally done, right? Because we, we believe in ourselves. So we have to, you know, collect, you know, kind of like a scavenger hunt. We have to collect enough good experiences that improve our confidence. 
dogs by nature want a confident leader. That's what we need to be. But we won't get there if we keep setting these goals that are only outcome-based and define our value by whether or not we cued, right? Whether or not we got the points, you know, or whether or not we, you know, took the points, won the class, whatever, whatever. Those are all outcomes. And those can tear your confidence down. Sure, they can tear your, they can bring your confidence up too, because like, oh my God, we won. But it's dog sports, people. You're going to win one, you're going to lose the next one. <laughs> like this is how it goes, right? Um, it is not a straight line out there, people. So we want to make sure that we're always playing the long game in terms of investing in our confidence and investing in our dog's confidence. And so when we invest in process goals and we really really have a hard think about it, you know, as you're driving, you know, have a hard think, like, what are your process goals? Then we have a hard think about them. Then we really, those, those pieces of those bricks, really, right? They start to add up into this really strong foundation of confidence. And that, in my opinion, is how we can use our, the way that we set goals um, to build our confidence instead of tearing ourselves down or judging ourselves or being too hard on ourselves, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So um, the last thing I'll say about that is remember too, when you're setting goals for your dogs, you know, if it's something that they need to do, make sure that they're appropriate because not all dogs are at all levels or some dogs may be younger. You know, some dogs we're like, oh my God, they're, you know, they're, they're already doing this thing. They're already in this like high level class, but they're three. And we forget that they're still might have a baby brain in there and they're still going to be baby dogs sometimes. Right. So make sure that whatever the goals are, that they are truly appropriate because otherwise you're going to have missed expectations and missed expectations are missed goals. And, and then again, you're going to spiral downward and I want you to be spiraling upward obviously. So uh, have a think about that and really give those process goals a just a really a concerted effort. And it I promise you it will give you more to celebrate on every run because you can really think about all the things that you did right. We build from strength. We do not build from weakness. Okay. We build from positions of strength. So the stronger we are, the faster we'll grow, the better we'll get as handlers. And, you know, the more compassionate we will be to ourselves and to our dogs in the process. So now that you understand the difference between outcome and process, and you are all motivated to use them correctly this coming weekend, I hope, I hope, I have to just tell you that I am super excited to announce that I am coming out with a planner. Uh, It's a dog planner. I've wanted to do it for years. I just didn't have the right partner. And now I do. I have a design partner who is making it gorgeous. And the front of it will be about uh, achieving goals and planning them out and a space to write all of your dog's goals for the year. And then the middle will, of course, be calendar, 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 and be able to map out your trials and, you know, and record your feedback and do all those things. And then in the back, there'll be some other things like title tracking, even like some repro area. Like when, when is your dog coming in the season? Is she in fact going to ruin your plans? <laughs> you know, um, and some, just some like places for registration information, just like a whole bunch of stuff. They're amazing. I'm super excited. They'll be available in October via Amazon. So make sure to go to the show notes, make sure you're on the mailing list. It's like the last link in the show notes and uh, you'll be the first to hear about them. And of course, I'm sure I'll be squawking more about them on this, um, but I am just really excited. So will you be hearing more about it from me on this? Yes. Yes, you will. Am I sorry? Not at all. I'm super excited. (laughs) So we'll finally have a dog planner for all of our competitive needs. So tell your friends. All right. 
That's it for me this week. As always, I hope you have a fantastic week with your dogs. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.